I am your host, Lily Jeanette. Once upon a time, this podcast was called Wine Down with Lil. But what we got out of this podcast were true lessons. Some days we talk about relationships, other days we talk about trauma recovery. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we get checked. Ultimately, we share stories about the true lessons that we learn throughout our lives. I hope today's episode teaches you something. Are you ready for that light bulb moment? I hope so, because true lessons begins now. Welcome back, Kim Below to True Lessons. I know it's the first time you're a guest, but mm-hmm. it's our second time recording. So I'm yes. going to say welcome back. Um, this is take two, but please introduce yourself to the listeners, Kim, who you are and how we met. You're just a beautiful spirit and people need to know you. Yes, thank you so much, Lily. I, I truly appreciate it. I know it's a second time recording and people were not trying to stage anything or try to fix anything. It's just that it generally did not work out the audio, but I think everything happens for a reason. And, and I feel like this conversation is going to be more grounded, genuine, and authentic. And it's not that it wasn't before, but I just feel like I'm in, a, I'm in a season where I feel like I need to share other parts of me. And I hope, you know, anyone who's listening out there can enjoy and take something from it. Um, so my name is Kim Burley <laughs> Perales, but everyone knows me and calls me Kim Flo nowadays. And I am just a woman who is in a season right now that is trying to rebuild, reconnect, and get to know herself again. I'm 35 years old and a lot of people may say, hey, you know, you don't have your shit together or something like that. And I'm just like, it's not that I didn't. I had my my life together for a long time, but I was really in, in a survival mode. And now I experienced something that helped me to get out of that life. So I'm just doing that. I am just trying to really get to know myself again. That's all, right? And um, it's been a, a season. We can talk about it later. But uh, besides that, I am also, well, I do marketing for a company. I'm the marketing manager. I am also the host of the Chisme de Maru podcast. And um, I also create content, mostly making fun of me, but also, <laughs> but also uh, I create content so people can feel less alone. So, mm-hmm. and that's think, exactly how I met you. Exactly. We met on through TikTok. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I because love that. I love people can bash on social media and whatnot. Sometimes social media could be toxic, right? But there are times that it just unites people. And I love that I have met the most incredible human beings there. You know, people that I never thought that would be so supportive, like not just of the work that you're doing, because it's, that's beside the point, but mm-hmm. it's just the, the, the journey that you're going through because they're going through something similar. So knowing that you have people like you, like Lily, right. That it just supports you. It's, it's amazing. And it's just unbelievable. Sometimes I'm like, did I really meet this person online? Like, <laughs> If people, catfish. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and it's funny, people say, like, think I'm just crazy, but I'm just so trusting, I guess, on an energy and mm-hmm. also, like, on the way people just, like, communicate, because it's not just, like, oh, I didn't see your face, or oh, I didn't see your, but I, I see that, right, and, and even, like, I met this person, uh, this girl online, and 
Shibianca, she's uh, this Latina travels, and she pretty much opened up her her home for me in Puerto Rico. We have never met in person. We have seen each other online, and I said, "Girl, I want to meet you. I'm going to go to Puerto Rico." She said, "Hey," and I stood a night on her house. It was just crazy. <laughs> and we were like, "You're crazy." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Like, I just I just trust it, and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's you flowing, right? Because yeah. a lot of times we've been. Yes, we have experienced a lot of negative things and had we probably had been more careful, then we would not have experienced these hardships. But these hardships teach us something. Yeah. And without that, what are we then just following other people's energy and flows and not really flowing with our own? So that's really like brave of you to really do that, too, because sometimes we think we know people, mm. but those people close to us do end up hurting us. And sometimes people that are not so close end up really filling our spirit with good energy and vibes and support that people that are close to us don't provide. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Uh, and and that's, a, that's one of the things that I feel like I always been very trusting of people and, and now to the level where like, Oh, I'm going to trust you with my life, with my, with everything. But it's just like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance uh, and then I'll see as opposed to be very defensive and with my walls up and be like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to, you look weird. No, I'm just like, you know what? Let me just give it a chance because you don't know what people, what people's backstory is. I don't want to be, because I wouldn't want to be judged in a way that if they see me, how they see me, right? She's like, oh no, she's like, like this and this and that, but you don't know what I have gone through or what's my story. So why not give a chance to people to just, show the true colors and that's mm. that we may get hurt but i feel like everything in life comes with a risk if you want to put yourself out there you're risking something you're risking getting hurt but if you don't risk what are you doing yeah and you're right and i think um it's it's crazy because i am the flip side i used to be the flip side where i had mm. so many walls up um and yeah, there were times where things happened where I was like, this is why I have my wall up. Like, <laughs> because stuff like this happens when I bring my wall down. But mm -hmm. um, whether you have the wall or not, people are going to behave accordingly. People are going to be who they are. Yeah. Um, so to live thinking we have control over their actions is, mm. is really a disservice to ourselves because we yeah. have zero control over anything um, or anyone else. So it's funny because I hear you say, so I turned 35 this year mm -hmm. and I've been married in July, 18 years. And I have a 17 and a 15 year old. Well, my life is so opposite of what a lot of people expect, but I still can relate to your journey. I still can relate to, you know, trusting or not trusting. Do I go with the flow or not? and healing in general and how we do go through seasons. And I love that you use the word season because we only use that word um, or mainly use that word when we talk about environmental elements and weather change, mm -hmm. but we go through our phases and seasons. And so every season is very different. Mm -hmm. um, and you can probably, I don't know, maybe relate to that, but there's times where I'm like, oh, I've been here before. Mm -hmm. um, am I slipping into it or am I there now? Um, and it's hard when you have been there before because you don't know what stage of that season you're in. You're like, wait, how long have I been here? Mm -hmm. uh, who do I go to? Because last time I went to this person and this person wasn't very supportive. Do I go back? Maybe give them another chance to see if they're 
be supportive this time. Yeah. So it is difficult, but I think um, there's also cultural layers to it, right? So there's also that being a Latina and being ingrained with not talking about your business outside the house with people that are not in your home, mm-hmm. being looked down upon like, no, you know, lo que pasa en casa se queda en casa. Yeah. What goes on in the home stays on in the home. Same, what goes in your mind stays in your mind. But if you put it there, you need somebody to help you take it out because how are you going to take it out yourself? Because in your mm-hmm. mind, you think it's, you know, it's comfortable. It has a little, you know, a little hammock and it's like, yeah. just like go yeah. so it's really hard um, for people that come from these kinds of cultures that are very private and closed off instead mm-hmm. of help and support. It doesn't yeah. have to be a therapist. It could just be a friend that can really give you support but that's a huge struggle as a latina is knowing where to go to and who to trust with those seasons that we go through yeah yeah i could definitely relate to that especially coming from a background where i you know i am like a first daughter i and you know first daughter struggles out there you know we have to carry with the weight of the world or well, some of us not everyone but for me, one of the biggest things that I have to work through that I'm still working through is leaving behind the guilt of not having to deal or taking care of everyone. Mm. Because that was ingrained with me since I was a little girl. You know, I was the first daughter. My parents got divorced. My mom had to be basically the single parent because my dad was not providing financially. So I had to like help with my siblings. Mm. You know, I had to do everything correctly. I am the nurse. Like my mom always said, you are, you always been the nurse of your siblings. And I'm like, at the moment I was like, oh, that's nice. But then now I'm like, I don't want to be the nurse of my siblings. <laughs> like F that, <laughs> you know, because I had to be this person in order for them to see and be like, take that as an example. Right. And even that they didn't take my life, which is great because they are both like doing like thriving and it's, it's amazing. I love that. But at the same time, I grew up with a with um with a, I guess like uh, weight and pressure and all that. So my whole life has been based off that. Yes. I had to come to the United States when I was 17, go to college, get good grades, be involved in this, making sure that I don't get pregnant, making sure, you know, all because, you know. God forbid, but now that I'm 35, we're like, why are you having kids? And I'm like, I'm not having them. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it was just my whole life. And I even at work, then, you know, being a professional, I always have to produce, 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 prove myself that I could do this job, that I'm worthy, that I'm like all of these things, right? And, and for me, it's always been a theme. And I know that it has affected other parts of my life, but it's always been a theme of like, if I do more, I could prove people that I am worth it, and that I'm capable of doing and, and taking care of everything. Mm. So when I was basically forced to not do anything because I went through an experience that kind of made me just be like, okay, you're going to stop. I was like, who in the world am I? Mm. And that's been my struggle for the past year. Well, now I'm better. I'm accepting. But last year, at the beginning of this year, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's been very, very hard uh, because you feel that you don't know who you are anymore and you're trying to grasp parts of you. You're all you, but they don't serve you anymore. Mm. And that 
that and that creates frustration that creates sadness that creates uh a sense of like loss and death yes yeah then you go into the you go into the season of grieving and grieving is sucks because you're here like oh my god like i'm crying i'm depressed i don't know i feel lost Mm -hmm. and then after grieving you go into a season where like all right I have to accept that this happened and then I can't go back to that. So what I do, I do now, I just stay there sad or I decide to take, <clears throat> to take over mm-hmm. and rebuild myself. Yeah. And I didn't see that. I didn't see that beauty in it. Now I see it. I say like, you know what? I'm not that Kim anymore and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Everyone who know who, who knows me from the past may think that they know me, but they now I feel like, there's a lot of parts of me that they're not there, but I'm taking it as an opportunity to like really do things that I always wanted to do. You know, it's not that I never did. Like I always been like yoga banana type of person, but I feel like it was always based and playing it safe, you know, it, based on, on like, okay, if I do this, who I'm going to affect. Mm. Right. Even though I did whatever I want, but I was still like feeling guilty of doing things. And, but now it's kind of like, no, you know what? I'm just going to, really do me you know and not in a narcissistic you know selfish way it's more kind of like I really need to focus on who I am because for so many years I focus on other people right like how people will feel like especially family especially Mm -hmm. family like oh if I do this you know maybe my mom will feel a certain type of way or my family will feel a certain type of way you know and and that's that but now it's kind of like you know what I gotta do what's best for me mentally, soulfully, spiritually, you know, yeah. bodily, physically, you know. Yeah. And and that's that's where I'm at. I think I I totally relate to that. I went through a season um last year. Um, I was in denial too. And that mm-hmm. was terrible because I was like, no, 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 no. Um mm-hmm. like not trying to be that because I had done so much work. And that's the thing when you're healing, the healing journey never ends. You're always just learning and going through changes in life. So it's more of adapting and accepting, adapting and accepting, like mm-hmm. things happen and we have no control and we can just let it flow through us or we can be stagnant, let it sit in our, in our bodies where it creates um, illnesses too. So we could either let it flow through us or let it sit in our minds in our hearts and then wonder why we are 50 with so many conditions. Mm-hmm. But I was literally going through um, a really tough time because since I was six, I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the first time I said that out loud was actually, I was part of a quinceanera <laughs> and I was six years old and mom, my father was, you know, part of the people listening, whatever. And at that time, the quinceaneras, it's, a, it's like a sweet 16. It's like a freaking wedding. Um, and every, so for 10 years, the girl had someone represent her. So she had a girl that represented five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to her age. And I was the one that represented six, like her six-year-old self. Mm-hmm. So they did a thing where we would go like on a little stage and they would like interview every little girl that was part of her court. And they asked like, what's your name? How old you are? What school you go to? What grade you're in? And what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had said a teacher. And that day, um, I remember like looking so proud, like and looking at my parents because I, you know, it's like, be proud of me. I'm up here. And my dad kind of like 
the heck? What you mean you want to be a teacher? Like, whatever. Kind of like, um, I felt- Demeaning, like, like minimizing, yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt rejected. And I was like, oh. And then after everybody went up, we had to go pull our fathers out for like daddy-daughter dance. And he rejected me. He was like, no, I'm not getting up to dance. So a random stranger, uh, I guess he felt so bad. Like, oh my God, no. He ends up saying, I'll dance with you. And I was like, okay, great. Let, let's dance. And I tried to play it off because I knew people were looking, you know, but the six-year-old me wanted to cry and say, why not? You know, you already looked at me funny on stage. Can you just dance with me? I'm your daughter. So that part stuck with me. And then years later, you know, he did say some things to me when my parents were splitting that stuck with me forever. And I was like, no, you know what? No matter what, even though I got pregnant and married at 16, I was like, I'm still going to be a teacher. Like, I'm going to prove him wrong. So while I loved being a teacher, um, it was really sitting heavy on me that I did it because I wanted to prove him wrong. Like, mm. no matter what, I wasn't failing. And you laughed at me. You rejected me. But guess what? I'm still okay and I'm better without you. Mm. And so I did go into it for the wrong reasons, but I loved teaching. I did enjoy it so much. I built so many relationships with these beautiful students. And yeah, there were times where it was hard and years that were more difficult. But mm -hmm. I ended the career last year. Mm -hmm. um, and I paused it. I'm going to say not. I'm going to change that. End it to pause because I never know if in the future I decide I go back. It's still, you know, mm -hmm. it's a career. It's not just a job. But yeah. I stopped teaching. And I didn't really know it was going to hit me that hard until September came around. And everybody's in school and I'm not. Mm. For 10 years, that was my life. And that was what I had envisioned myself since I was six to do for the rest of my life was September was you know, new year, new book bags, pens and whatever. And I thought, uh, this is okay. I'm a, I'm a little sad because this is not, you know, this is not my normal. It's a transition. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kept telling myself I wasn't sad. I didn't allow myself to be sad about it. Like I couldn't, mm -hmm. I didn't give myself permission to grieve and process that this was a loss, even if it's temporary in my life or maybe it's permanent, but I don't know because right now I don't have it. Mm -hmm. So, it felt like a really bad breakup. Yeah. <laughs> this is a breakup. This sucks. Yeah. And I really, really went through it. Um, I feel like I started to come out of it around the same time you did too. Um, yeah. Like, oh, because things just kept going down, down, down. So many things happened. But I was able to lean in the tools and resources and other people um, that I know that also experience these kinds of things. Honestly, sometimes a TikTok post helps. Oh, yeah. When other people are sharing their pain and journey, it's not that you feel, oh, I'm not the only one, but it's like they have the transparency to share this. There's strength in that mm -hmm. journey. There's strength because who wants to really share their vulnerable side? Not mm -hmm. me. <laughs> but when we do, we find ourselves in more power. It's so ironic, but sharing our pain makes us feel seen and heard and that's part of belonging part of feeling oh we're part of a bigger community yeah and it's not easy healing is not linear it's very very roller coastery right the up and down is so unexpected you not you don't know when you're going to go up you don't know when you're going to go down and it's very very heavy yeah Oof, yeah i mean i'm glad that you are in in a better you know i guess 
energy position, <laughs> I want to say. Um, and it's always going to come and go because it's going to be something that it may trigger that back again. But this time, you know how to deal with it as opposed to let it, you know, kind of sink you in or, or try to suppress you and all that. And I think that one of the things that we we love to do is to not confront mm-hmm. anything, you know, not confront our feelings, emotions, people in general. And that was one of the things that I was kind of, I guess, I didn't do it consciously, but then I realized that in my past, I my way of coping, my way of surviving was getting busy. Yeah. Right. Busy. The busier was. First of all, the busier was the the and the more things I was doing for me, it was adding to my worth. And second of all, I didn't have time to deal with it. But I wasn't really thinking, oh, I'm gonna get busy so I don't have to cry. No, it's just that that's how I was, I was operating. Yes. So now, pandemic came in, right? And a lot of us had to slow down. And for me. It didn't hit me as much. I mean, it hit me because I wasn't able to travel for work or travel in general. Things, so I had to like change my lifestyle. The first year was great. I was in the best shape of my life. You know, everything was awesome. And then I had COVID in 2020. Well, last year, 2022, mm. the beginning. And I have shared that before. And I was, I had, a, I had to stay quarantined in another place, in another country, by myself, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't get out. People, every time I tell this story, people are like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You were in an island. I'm like, no, I was not enjoying the island, first of all. I was in a room. So I had to, I was forced to really be by myself yeah. again. Yeah. And then I was fine. I guess I was surviving. And then when I came back, I had a little PTSD. I started developing health anxiety. And for those who don't know what it is, it's not the same thing as being a hypochondriac, right? But it's a little bit more because now you have anxiety. <laughs> hypochondriac is more like, oh my God, I have something. Let me go to the doctor. Like they're constantly going to the doctor. But yeah. then when you have health anxiety, it's like even more because you are feeling all this. Sometimes your mind, no, not sometimes. Your mind is so powerful. It makes yeah. you think. It makes you feel things, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more of like, oh my God, I got sick, right? Mm-hmm. And I came back, I couldn't even go and walk my dog like around the corner because I will think that I, what if what if I have a heart attack right now? What if so for a little bit I couldn't get out, I couldn't go out. And a lot of people laugh at people like really? I'm like, yeah. And me, a person that used to be everywhere, you know, like fearless and all that, that was a huge, a huge shift for me because mm-hmm. Because I never thought that I would go through something like that, being scared. Okay. So that's where it came that whole thing of like grieving that old Kim. Because I'm like, Kim before wasn't scared of anything. Kim before could be dying and she would not go to the doctor anyway because she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But now Kim is like, Un dolor de cabeza. oh my God, I'm going to take myself to the ER because I may have a tumor. It was, it was like that. It's just most of the stream. And Obviously, social media, a lot of things don't help because you see all these people like, oh, my God, I have this symptom. And then three months later, I found out that I have this. And I'm just like, that could happen to me. So it was like a whole roller coaster of thoughts. And you think you can control them. And you can. But at the moment, they consume you. So I I accept that it took over my life because I stopped doing a lot of things because of that. Wow. Yeah. And that. And that got so frustrating. That got so sad, right? And I was trying so hard to fight it. So hard to fight it, you know, but I couldn't. Then finally, you know, I was like, all right. Because I've always been the type of person who who fixed 
things to fix myself. I have read so mm -hmm. many self self help books, even before I didn't really need them to. You know, mm -hmm. like I was reading them when I was younger, and I was like, oh, I got this. I'm I am strong. I'm confident. I'm this and that. Mm -hmm. So everything that I read to the garbage because I could not apply them to what was happening to me right now. Yeah. So I started doing, you know, like working out again, Zumba, all those things that used to bring me joy, but now that was working. Mm. So I started, I seek therapy. Therapy has helped me tremendously, tremendously. Like God bless this woman. <laughs> and so then I said, okay, all right, I'm feeling, I feeling myself again. Mm. And that's, and I'm going to, I say with like quotations because, because I'm going to talk about a little bit later. So I was fine. And then I decided to take a trip to Puerto Rico to end the year there and start the year because I love Puerto Rico. And I was just like, I want to just want to start good vibes. And that for me was a huge thing because I had not traveled by myself mm. since that incident. Like I have traveled, but with people for work, you know, friends, but what, but by myself, no. Even though I was going to see people over there, I was going to sleep on myself, be, you know what I mean? All these things. Yeah. So it was nerve wracking. And in that moment, I had, um, I, I was, uh, I had a headache for like two weeks, three weeks after, because I got COVID again. I, I missed that part. I had COVID yeah. in the beginning of December. And then I was fine, thank God. But then the headache started coming out. I'm like, what is this headache? But I was like, you know what? No, Kim, don't freak out. Don't think that you're going to die. Just like, let it be. So, Nothing. I, I went with my headache and I was like very worried because I'm like, what if it's something else? And I'm here getting in an airplane, but I was like, no, 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 no. fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. Went to Puerto Rico, had a great time. I was great. Um, but then came back and then I think a week later or something, I started worrying again. So I didn't know what the hell was a headache, right? Because it would come and go and it was like a weird pressure on one side and I got worried. I decided to take myself to the ER because I couldn't see my neurologist. I could because it was like far away the appointment. So my, my family was like, you're really going to the ER. I'm like, I am going because I need to know. Like, I need them to do a CAT scan and tell me that everything is fine. You know, and that's what I did. I hated being in that ER. And I was like, I am not coming back here again <laughs> because I have never done that. Like, I have I only taken myself to the ER once, but years ago because I had, I don't even know what it was, but it was it was valid, right? But yeah, it was it was such an experience for me. And I just did not, I was like, I'm not going back here because a lot of suffering, a lot of pain in that place. And mm -hmm. I was feeling even more anxious being there, but then I, I needed to know. So everything is fine, blah, blah, blah. I went on a trip to Vegas for work, for work and I was just dealing with it, dealing with it. But then once again, I started feeling like a sense of like not belonging and not feeling safe in my own body still. Oh. So Big. that's when I said, because I was trying to, you know, do the normal things that I would do. But then I realized that I needed to really stop. And I made a, I made a, a reel about it. I needed to really stop and take a step back. Like really, not just like, oh, let me just like deal with life, right? Like just really see and stop doing, I stopped going dancing, what I used to do. I stopped like talking to a lot of people that I was talking to, removing people. I had to break a relationship with someone that I really, really love. He was my best, he was my boyfriend, my best friend, but we were still communicating. And I realized that that was not healthy for me either because then I realized that deep down unconsciously a lot of things that were affecting my energy level 
was because I was feeling that I was not worth it. And realizing that, Lily, it was sad. I cried, but at the same time, it was like liberating in a sense because mm-hmm. I was like, what was it that I was, why was I feeling weird? Like, why am I not feeling like grounded, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because I needed to understand that I was feeling like that because of work, because I didn't want to be in my job. And I was like, why am I not looking for other jobs? Because I thought that I was not capable enough relationships why wasn't like letting this go because I feel like that was only like that this was it but at the same time we were not being together so I feel like oh I wasn't good enough all this thing made me feel sad because I've always been the type of person that I was very confident you know always pushing people to be their best selves and I'm here yeah feeling like a piece of caca (laughs) and I'm like wow wow accepting that was very hard for me Mm. you know yeah we go through that though i think a lot of us sometimes tell other people what we're the ones who need to hear it right we're like oh and in our, in our heads it just makes so much sense we're like oh that that i need to share this because somebody else mm-hmm. needs to hear it. and you know sometimes we'll even start something like i don't know who needs to hear this but it's it's me it's i need yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's me i always i always make videos like that like say i don't know who's to hear this but i need to hear it's this me. because because I have to be honest, it's not like I'm telling you people this is what you need to do because right. this is what I need to do, or right. this is what I needed to hear, or right. so for me to kind of understand. And so going back to what I said, like I was trying to like feel myself again. I realized that I don't need to feel myself again because that it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to just be, yes. rebuild myself, and that's it. One, one of the things that I, I hope this works for people or, you know, kind of, I don't know, resonates with someone who's listening. I, I've been working with my with my therapist on this, right? It's like, stop doing, right? It's that, like, stop putting value on, oh, putting like the, my worth on the doing, right? Because that's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was not producing, it was not having the next project, I was... I was useless. Like even a few months ago, people asked me, oh, how's the podcast going? Because I took a break. And then I was like feeling very bad because I was like, I don't have anything going on. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like I have nothing going on, but I do because I'm going through this this, this season and this journey where it's it's like I'm 35 years old. It's kind of like getting to know yourself again. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Okay. So I don't have time to do other things to entertain other people or none of that. So which I love. I love creating content, but I was not feeling like creating content because I needed to create myself first, right? So now is where I'm like, you know what? I need to just get to know myself again and, and feel safe. That's the most important because I never been conscious about my body. Like, oh my God, look at me. No, no. I never been that, but it's always been, but now it's about feeling safe. Like, Knowing that my body is my temple, knowing that it's it's healthy, knowing that it loves me back, as opposed to see it as 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 a place where I have to be so careful, like oh my god, it's so like delicado, you know, delicate and and all that. So that's my that's my work now. <laughs> I love that you say that you got to you know come back and explain that um, about coming back to yourself. And I don't think it's coming back to who you used to be. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that. And that that was a tough lesson because a lot of people think that, you know, getting to your true self and your core self is who you used to be. But it's really just being grounded with who you are at the moment. Yeah. 
with the lessons that come your way. And grounded means different things. As long as you're not harming anyone, especially yourself, mm -hmm. we end up harming ourselves to make sure everybody else is comfortable. Yeah. Especially as Latinas, we're raised to believe that we have to serve everybody else first and then we sit down to eat last when we're the ones who were standing up there cooking the damn meal anyway. Like, mm -hmm. why can't I serve myself first? I cook. Like, yeah. why is that wrong? You know, like, who, who said that if I stood two hours cooking dinner, that I'll be the last one to sit? Says who? Like, says who? You know, that's mm -hmm. terrible. I, and I'm just giving you a simple, you know, example, but that starts to be ingrained in our minds very young, like serve everybody else first before you serve yourself. And that's a terrible way to live in general, because now you're giving everybody your best. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with the scraps that, you know, you already put effort into. It's yeah. not fair. It's, it's not fair. It's not right. And I think it's important to make yourself a priority and, you know, to really do that honestly, like not just wait for something to go wrong to correct it, right? Because a lot of us learn the hard way. There's no need to learn the hard way, right? Mm -hmm. If you see something is burning and you know it's hot, why wait to put your hand in it to know it's going to burn your finger? Yeah. Like some people purposely put themselves in positions and then play the victim. That makes mm -hmm. it harder you know, for some people to heal because mm -hmm. sometimes we surround ourselves with people like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, are you a victim? Or are you playing the victim? Sometimes we have to check ourselves too. Like what, what position am I in? Mm -hmm. Am I innocent? And regardless of what position you're in, it's still your responsibility to do better next time. Mm -hmm. And not just something similar, but all of it, you know, do better in general. And that takes a lot of work and consistency. It's not easy to wake up and be like, today I'm going to be the best version of myself because the best version of myself can actually be an inconvenience to other people. Mm -hmm. I can say, I'm not cooking today. I'll make sure you have food. Like I'll order food or something like that I'm, because, you know, I'm responsible for everybody's mouths apparently. But, <laughs> but <laughs> all right, fine. I'm not going to neglect your needs. You need to eat and you're depending on me. So I'm going to make sure you have food, but I don't need to cook rice and beans today. I don't need to cook it tomorrow either. I don't need to cook it the day after. Says who? So, you know, there are things that, you know, you can try to learn to manipulate your time and energy to invest it in yourself. But it does have to, it has to start with the understanding that it's not less just because you're used to giving so much. Doesn't mean that the day you don't give as much that you're giving less than. No, yeah. giving too much of yourself and you need you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. Like you need yourself, but it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. All my life. I understand that part of being, you know, the bigger sister and being the one that other people depend on. I still feel like the biggest sister, even though I'm the mom. It's like, <laughs> you know, I am the mom, but I have to make sure everybody eats and, you know, what time and the schedules and so much. And I'm like, but what about my schedule? What about when I want to go to the gym? What about yeah. when I want to record my podcast episode? What about when I want to read this book? What about my friggin' hair? I need to wash my hair and it takes forever for it to dry. Like there, and it's nobody else's business, right? Nobody cares about that, but I have to care about everybody else's hair and what time they got to do this and that. So it's hard to learn to balance it, but through trial and error, learning to communicate what you need, you know, to yourself, first of all, because if we don't talk to ourselves and really take inventory of our mind and body, 
Nobody's mm-hmm. going to do it for us. Never. Yeah. Especially in the Latin community, women are meant to uphold themselves and everybody else. Yeah. So it's so tough because now on top of the daily duties, work, logistics in the home and, and all of this, now there's also mental health. There's also spiritual health, there's emotional health. And all of that is combined with everything that we do is not separate. Mm-hmm. It's literally threaded yeah. this grid of our lives. So if we ignore it, everything else is going to feel like it's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the pillars, you know. And sometimes we don't see it because we are replacing it with, you know, I guess outside or or, or more like superficial things, right? Because we live in a society where like superficial things are like kind of the goal. Right? It's like, okay, and and I I know that we have to look, but what I was saying before about like what I'm working with my with my therapist is that I'm trying to work of being first to then have, you know, and then to do, not to do and then to have, as opposed to like what I used to do is to to do so I could have and then be. Ah. So if we, it, plain English, pretty okay. much is kind of like, all right, so the more I do, the more I work, this is that I'm going to have things that are going to make me feel or be happy, yes. right? So right. that's what we'll be doing, right? As opposed to just, just be get to know yourself, be grounded. So then you can, then you can do right. And then you can have, I don't know where we learn that, but it's true. That's how we operate. And that's what drives us insane. And that's why we never feel enough because the do list is never ending. You have to do every day. And sometimes things that didn't get done today have to carry on tomorrow. And then something unexpectedly comes and it's a mess. So you always feel like you're playing catch up. How are you going to catch up to the endless things to do? But it's like, it always takes me back, this idea of not feeling adequate. It's babies. Babies are born. Since Mm -hmm. they're born, they're in the freaking hospital. People can't wait to see this baby in the hospital. And you're like, give me a chance. Um, Maybe you'll see them at the house. Like, you know, I'm not feeling well or I need rest. And only certain people get to make it to the hospital whatever. And then people come with presents and I want to hug the baby. I want to kiss the baby. And you got to tell people, no, 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 you know, don't touch the baby, wash your hands and don't kiss the baby. And, you know, this is before COVID, you know, and don't know you, you have too much perfume on. Don't hold my baby. You know, you could get him sick or whatever, mm-hmm. but people are dying to give this baby love and feel the love. It's like, oh my God, this baby is so beautiful. They don't talk. They don't have a personality. This baby don't turn out to be probably an asshole when they get big. But <laughs> this baby is loved because they exist. Yeah. They're just being, okay? And people are like, oh, my God, it's so pure. So, And then they ruin them, okay? And then they're like, oh, whatever. You know, as they get older, then they start to they kind of neglect them more. It's no longer the same excitement that when they mm. were little. It's more like, wow, you're so big. So or, or you be or you behave well, you know, yeah, you're yeah. so quiet. School and, and any boyfriends, any girlfriends? Wow. So what do you want to do? You don't know? Wow, at your age, and they start to compare, you know, oh, you know. And then somehow down the line, you're like, dang, I remember when people were excited to just see me. And now yeah. you learn that it's what you do that makes them excited. It's oh, conditional. Yes, it's so conditional. So we believe that every, then we internalize that. And mm-hmm. we believe that we are worthy to be around other people's, you know, energy or space if we produce so mm-hmm. much, because that's the question. It's no longer, how are you? And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. I love you. Now, yeah. now it's, it's what you do, not who you are. So of course we learn that it's so difficult to just be because being is not enough to other people. Mm-hmm. 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 Amen. Yep. That's, that's it. That's the whole journey. <laughs> that's the whole journey, man. It's like, oh man, and detaching yourself from that when you have gone through it through so many years is so hard, right? Oh my God. And it's so hard. It is. Like even sometimes I I I was having this battle like recently, and I was telling my therapist about it that I'm like, okay, I slowed down, I'm not doing anything, I'm just trying to exist, be happy with my existence, right? But then I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to do certain things. Like I want to take a class. I want to do that because my body asked me for movement. Like I have to move. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling guilty of doing that. It was so hilarious because I was just like, why? And I'm like, am I going like, why do I feel guilty? So my therapist was like, what is that guilt telling you? What is that guilt trying to do? And I, and she's like, it's trying to protect you from going through all patterns. But now it's up to you to let them know that, let that girl know that you're not going to go through your old patterns. Mm. So I was scared of like, oh my God, what if like I start doing this and I'm like, I'm going to start doing, doing, doing again and yeah. I'm going to go back. So it's just so crazy how like sometimes we just like trying to protect ourselves mm. from things, but we just have to let it be. And, and that's where I am. I'm like, you know what? If I feel it, I feel it. I'm not going to force myself to do it or because I think I need or I should do, right? I mean, there's certain things, for example, working out, right? Like yesterday I was like, oh, I don't want to work out. But I'm like, you know what? I need to work out because that's good for my body, you know? So in instances like that, I'm going to not force myself, but just like push myself a little bit. But if I feel like my body is like totally tired, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break. So there's a fine line, you know, doing that. But uh, I'm just trying to flow now. I'm really trying to like live up to my my nickname. <laughs> it was like in the past was a flow, like a flow kind of like a, you know, like a vibe. Now I'm more kind of like, you know, I just want to go and, and see what happens. With the water. I love that. You know, um, this could take a whole other turn, but I'm still going to bring it up because I feel like it flows into our conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um. I've been hearing a lot about what feminine and masculine energy is. Yes. Oh my God. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been working on that too, girl. Uh, and, masculine energy. and I think a lot of a struggle, um, especially Latinas, because we do so much. I think a lot of people can, I'm not just going to yeah. put a Latina, but because we're Latinas, we relate to it on that level a lot. Mm -hmm. Handling so much business and giving to others is really us operating in our masculine energy. Yeah. And so we forget how to flow and just receive. As women, we don't realize we have to open to receive. That's yep. our femininity. So we yep. feel then closed off, um, unable to connect, unable to even tap into our sensuality when we're always givers and not receivers. And that is a whole struggle. And that's probably why our mind struggle, because our instincts are telling us, girl, just like, no, literally, look, go ahead, open your legs. It's okay. If it doesn't show, don't no, open your legs. But in reality, it's open up your heart, you know, open mm. up your heart. It's okay. Open up your heart. But we have been, our minds are telling us, no, close your heart, close your heart. So it's a battle between our instinct and our brain. And that's when we become overthinkers because mm -hmm. we're shutting off our instinct when it's just there to remind us 
you know, like be careful, but not don't or do. It's really just make the decision already, you know, rip the freaking bandaid off. Mm-hmm. Like life is too short for this to be stuck in the same cycle. And that's why life continues to teach us the same freaking lesson in a different phase in our lives. And we keep going through seasons until mm-hmm. we learn a damn lesson. Right. Yeah. But that I feel like it has a lot to do with that kind of um, feminine, masculine kind of energy in us that we battle with. It's like we're, nothing's going to flow through us if we don't allow it to enter. If we're always giving and pouring out, that becomes exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have been working on that, too. I mean, doing so much research about it. It's like it's a lot. I'm just like, great. This is where I've been the way that I am. Right. And that's just why my relationships have been the way that I am. Like, I'm understanding so much now. And for whoever's listening to, to this, please look into feminine energy. You know, there's different type of like feminine, like light and dark energy. So like yeah. that's also because it, it like for example, dark energy sometimes gets confused with like the masculine because it has like like slightly similar things. But but for me, uh, I was carrying a lot. I've always been not the controlling part that I have to control people is for control situations, right? And 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 just because I will make me feel that I have power, right? Um, so and anything like oh my god no we gotta fix it oh this is the this is that like always and then being the provider because I'm always been financially I'm always been helping people like my family and all that so I've always been kind of like the the alpha female in that sense right the provider all this so I have I had all the characteristics of like masculine energy like there's no doubt about that so much that my body started to like really get how do I say, like, kind of keep track of all of that. Mm-hmm. So, remember I, I mentioned about that, my headache? So, I was, I'm always all, all natural. So, I went to an acupuncture and he was like, all right, let me, let me just kind of scan your body. And he touched him on the, on the left side and he's like, oh my God, you have a lot of hair. You have to balance your chai. And I was like, okay. Uh, he gave a massage. Oh my God, I've been releasing so much. And I told my, my therapist about that because she's a holistic therapist. And she's like, you know what's interesting? Your left side, I mean, your right side is your masculine side. So you have all this. I was like, great. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, but even my body's telling me, Kim, chill. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. It happens to me, the same thing, girl. I feel like we're both on the same kind of uh, different days and months, but we're kind yeah. of the same calendar. But yeah. that happened to me last year. I had never done cupping. I've done Reiki and other kinds of massages, but never cupping. And before she does the cupping, she does Gua Sha. And she was like, girlfriend, girlfriend. Where's Gua Sha? Where's Gua Sha? So that's like, uh, the, they take like a crystal and they kind of rub on your oh, back. Okay. And, you know, it kind of tells you if there's what tension it is, how dark it is. Basically like cupping, but you have to kind of clear out those energy centers so that the cupping can really like take. I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So. She, before she even did the cup and she was like, girlfriend, are you okay? Like, I, I can feel like a lot. And then she was like, just before we do cupping, I want you to see your back so you can see the difference. And my whole right side, when I tell you, was purple, purple. I was like, I felt embarrassed. I was like, I felt like she could see into my soul. I was like, uh. <laughs> I was like, what you mean? Because I always considered myself very feminine because a lot of people wait femininity to the way you look right exactly hair nails done you know Mm -hmm. you um 
you, you wear the makeup and, you know, the mm. are very like soft, you know, and, and delicate with whatever. So that to me was what I considered feminine. So when I had this wake up call is when I was like, oh, I'm operating in my masculinity. And this is why things are so heavy because things are sitting in my body. Flow, mm. because I'm not receiving. I'm just giving, and then I'm giving from a, a rock solid place. It felt like I was tough and tight inside. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And the cupping did the same thing. The cupping was so bad that my kids, like for a week, they're always around me. I have zero privacy when it comes to my body. It's like I get it. You came from me, but really. And I be in the shower, or I'm like getting dressed, and they're both like, "Oh my god!" Like put a shirt on. I'm like, oh my God, I just took a shower. Get out my face. Because to them, it was a reminder. I explained to them like, oh, I did cupping and this is what happened. And this is what it is. And look at the chart. And they felt bad. They were like, um, that's not okay. <laughs> like, that's not okay. So they didn't want to be reminded of, because it looks painful. And mm. that whatever is inside of you comes out. And I didn't realize I was on mass. Like my feminine side was only around the heart. So the placement where the cupping really took place says that I'm heartbroken as a woman, but then mm -hmm. I had all this pressure as male that we have inside of us. That energy was so heavy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what the heck? And so I've been learning through my own journey and opening up to other women in the past. I didn't like opening up to the women. It was like, we, we're supposed to be competitors and, and not really collaborators. And so I had a hard time opening up to the women, but it wasn't because of the women were doing anything. It was my own femininity that I wasn't tapped into. So I couldn't open up to other women who mm. have their own. So it's been a really interesting journey with that in and of itself. But I totally relate to that. Just holding on to so much that when you let go, yeah, the tears are going to flow. We're going to mm. cry and it's going to feel so good after but it's hard when you've taught yourself that you can't cry. No jore. Because strong women don't cry. And if they do, you better give it one freaking tear and keep it moving. Because nobody has time for that. You have mm. to, I'm not going to stop and wait for you to cry and cry a river, whatever. You have to keep it moving. So yeah. it's hard. Once you do open up, it's like you can't stop crying. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I, I was crying. Like now I don't. But I, I was like last month. I was crying so much. Everything, like anything, I, you know, like a movie or someone getting married or some, all these things, anything will trigger me. And then even a song, like music, like will like, you know, it was just like feel so liberating, you know, and and it's good. It's good. I needed to let that out. I need to let that out, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I love crying. I don't know about anyone else, but for me, when I cry, I feel like I'm cleansing myself. So. It is. It is a like a very emotional, spiritual, mental cleanse. But that was something I personally used to struggle with. It was like, don't cry because if you cry, that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. And that's yeah. really the masculine in me again. You know, that, that was the masculine part of me saying like, don't cry, you know, because you got to protect and serve and, and whatever. Like it was such like a militant kind of style in me that I didn't allow myself to feel. So all of this is very new, but it's still part of the journey and the journey is never ending and I'm here for it. Um, and, you know, we did learn, like I did learn some things, like I was on and off of meds for a long time. And when I did go through that part of my season um, in the fall of last year, 
I was like, I'm not going to resort back to the medicinal drugs like that. I was like, because I, I, it took me so much to get off and I'm happy about that. So I was like, all right, let me learn holistic ways. So I got my ass on ashwagandha, vitamin D, magnesium. I'm like, I need to sleep better. Like, and honestly, it's been very, very life changing because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, also the se- the literal seasonal changes puts us in a mode too because yeah. blues are a legit a real thing. So then mm-hmm. you pair that up with an emotional inconsistency, you're like, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So trust you know. me, right now the sun is out. Today we're in Jersey, so the sun is out. I'm gonna go for oh. a run. Like I was, I did, I never had the winter blues. Never until, or maybe I did in it because I was so busy and realized that. But now, this last month, yo estaba mal. I was sad, and I was like, "What is going on with me? I never been sad, you know? Mm. Like I never been depressed. Like I didn't know what depression was, and I was so scared because I see people going through depression and and having to take medication, which you know I have nothing against that, but I don't like medication, so yeah. I was scared that I had to resort to that, and I was oh, like, "Oh no." But at the same time, I feel like sometimes we do that because we want a quick fix. And that's another yes. topic. I think that's, that's another, we can do another, we can do another oh, episode yeah. about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, the quick fix is definitely another episode. But I really, really, really love your transparency. Thank you for sharing space with us today, for sharing part of your journey and your seasons and your mm-hmm. laughs and your, just your life and, um, and your light. So I really, really, you know, appreciate that and connect mm-hmm. with me and, and replying to my messages when I reached out on TikTok. Of course, of I course. I love, I, mean, I love it. <laughs> I love it too. No, thank you so much, Lily, for providing the space. I am, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for things that will come up, whatever that is, you know, and, yeah. you know, I'm here for another conversation and, you know, whoever's listening, hopefully this conversation brings you a little bit of like uh, light in your life and just like help you somehow. Yeah, absolutely. I know it will. I always feel like mm-hmm. one person is going to listen to it and say, I get that. Mm-hmm. And that one person is more than enough for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you if they want to find you? I'm pretty sure a lot of ladies are going to want to connect. Oh, let's see. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and on TikTok as it's Kim Flow, I-T-S-K-I-M. Flow. <laughs> and um that's it i mean i guess you can connect with me on linkedin if you want to but i'm not really like that active so uh but yeah mostly there you can dm me can request me i'm i'm here i love that you better go look for her you better follow her you better connect with her she's amazing Aww. you're amazing you're amazing too <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Empowered Majesty Team, where life coaches guide, help restore, help heal, help motivate others to be their highest self. The world needs healing. So why not empower others through life coaching? Everyone is here to serve their highest purpose and is majestical in their own unique way. Let Empowered Majesty Team help you. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to help people along their journeys. As life coaches, we are here to ensure we support the world's healing journey. To book our services or for a free discovery call, visit empoweredmajestyteam.com. Again, that is empoweredmajestyteam.com. Let's heal together.
True Lessons would not be in its fifth season without your support. Please rate the podcast and review and continue to share what True Lessons has done for you. Until next time, mi gente. Cheers. Thank you.